Welcome back to The Samantha Show. I'm your host, Samantha. You can call me Sam. Just don't call me Sammy. What's up? Happy Wednesday to you. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Mm. My dad, he got me this uh, nice little motivational calendar. And every day there is a new motivational, inspirational quote. And that was today's. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. I love that. Uh, This is kind of what I preach in my classes, my fitness classes that I teach, my cycling classes. It's like, yo, we got to change it up. If you're not happy with where you're at, the results that you're getting, you got to change it up, you know? Um, Or maybe things are going well and you are getting exactly what you want. Then keep doing it, baby. So if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. I love that. Welcome back to the Samantha Show. I'm just going to dive right into it. Let's do the three things that you need to know. So guess what? I'm going to Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Joe and I are going out to Vegas. But the, the funny thing is, because this is how things work in podcast world, this is actually going to come out after I have already been in Vegas. However, I still thought it would be fun to do three things that you need to know around Vegas facts and learn a little bit about the Sin City. So did you know that people in Las Vegas consume more shellfish in a day, one day, than the entire United States does in a year? The classic shrimp cocktail, clearly I'm reading this off of something. The classic shrimp cocktail is a Las Vegas staple and seafood buffets are common throughout the city. People in Las Vegas love shellfish Say that fast. Say that three times. People in Las Vegas love shellfish. People in Las Vegas love shellfish. People in Las Vegas love shellfish so much that they reportedly consume 60,000 pounds or 30 tons per day. And that is more than the entire country collectively eats in an entire year. That's, that's too much fish for me, y'all. Okay, that's too much shellfish for me in general. No, thank you. I am about the buffets, though. I am all about the buffets, and uh, Joe loves that shrimp cocktail. So I'm sure there will be a lot of shrimp, seafood, shellfish consumed while we're in Vegas. We could probably count on that. The second thing you need to know related to Las Vegas, the high roller is the tallest observation wheel in the world. So the high roller on Las Vegas Boulevard stands 500 feet and measures 520 feet across. This is a Ferris wheel. Okay. So this is a Ferris wheel. If you're not familiar with the high roller, the Ferris wheel is beloved by tourists and considered a landmark by locals. A 30 minute ride offers 360 degree views of the city, making it one of the best spots to get some amazing night photos of the Sin City in all its glory. So Look, I'm going to be really honest. I don't love Ferris wheels. I have zero interest in riding Ferris wheels. I don't care how iconic or it is um, or how safe. Something about the stop and go nature of a Ferris wheel, not even the spinning, but like, you know how it has to like stop to load everybody and you have to like beep, 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 like you boop around. I just, I feels like a trap to me. Like I'm going to get in it and I'm going to have a panic attack and not be able to get off of the Ferris wheel if I need to. It's not for me. It's not for me, folks. Okay. But you now know that the high roller is the tallest observation wheel. That's a very interesting choice of words. Tallest observation wheel in the world. So like, I guess the tallest Ferris wheel, that makes more sense to me. 
Don't quote me on it, folks. I don't know. I'm just looking at a westgateresorts.com slash blog slash Vegas facts. That's where I've got my information from here. Let's see. What else do we got? Oh, okay. Okay. This one is fun. So the third thing you need to know, there is an abandoned city beneath Lake Mead. The ghost town of St. Thomas was submerged in the 1930s by the United States federal government. Oh, the government was behind it, folks. In order to build Lake Mead, the world's largest man-made reservoir, the U.S. had to clear out as much space as it could. This involved buying the land the town sat on and informing residents that they had to leave. They just shoot them out. They said, we're building a lake, folks. Be on your way. Um, yeah, so there you go. There's an abandoned city beneath Lake Mead. That's the third thing you need to know. Look into it. I love, I love how they call it the ghost town, right? That like adds a level of like mystery to it. So I'm reading on here. It says, while residents were compensated for their lost property, many stayed until they were forced to leave by the rising waters. The last person to go was a man named Hugh Lord. Mr. Lord paddled his way from home. Yo, that's wild. Like, Hugh, they gave you money. Like, the, when the government comes in and they says, this is ours, like, you, that's kind of the end of it. So um, very interesting. So it's called St. Thomas... And it is submerged under 60 feet of water. Investigate it. Look at it. Check it out. Check out the ghost town. I'd love to know like all the secrets and all the mystery things. I love a good conspiracy theory, you know, whatever we can do to, to keep things interesting. So those are the three things that you need to know all about Vegas. I'm sure once this podcast comes out, I'll just be recovering from Las Vegas. Hopefully, right? It means it was a good time. Yeah, I think so. I actually love that... Joe and I uh, are getting or have gotten, again, if I'm going to speak in future tense here, uh, the opportunity to go to Las Vegas. I think it's really important with couples to spend time together, especially if you're parents and you have kids or a child. It's good and it's important to like continue to date and to continue to work on each other and spend time with each other. So I love that Joe and I got to go to Vegas together, that we get to go on this trip together. And so... You know, this kind of leads me to the topic that I want to talk about today, this idea of more than mom. And I want to be really sensitive to the fact that I understand, and we, we've talked about it even on this show, that there are a lot of couples out there that are working on and want to grow a family, start a family, and can't, or are having to go through infertility treatments. And I want to just give the utmost respect and blessings and prayers that that family comes for you. And so I want to make sure with my conversation here today that I express that I understand just how grateful I am for to be a mom. And it is one of the most incredible blessings in the entire world, in my opinion, the best blessing. And it, it, there's just nothing like it. You know, Gracie is everything to me and she is my world. But I want today to talk about this idea of more than mom. I feel like I am not the stereotypical mother. So I'm going to say the stereotypical mother, right? So if we're looking even back to like the fifties or the sixties or this idea that women stay home and they're so domesticated and they're like cooking dinner and taking care of the children and things like that. And the, the cool thing is I think where our world is at this, these days is like, we're far from that. And I, but I've always struggled and this is just a little bit today, more of me sharing kind of some of my thoughts and feelings with my personality, who I am as a person, who I am as a mother, how I carry myself, how I present myself, which I sometimes 
worry about what people may think because I'm human. And I know you can say, Samantha, girl, don't worry about it. You just do you, boo. I love that. That's what I would tell my friend too, you know, but, but the truth is, I think just when we're human, we, you know, we, we get a little self-conscious or we worry or we're like, oh my God, what does my neighbor think of me? And like all this stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know why I worry so much about that, but I do. It's my personality. And so I wanted just to kind of break down a little bit today, this idea of being more than mom. What prompted this concept, this idea, this conversation, Joe and I, we were on family vacation this past October and I got ready for the day and I was dressed in a way that I would say is not typical for Sam. Okay. I don't know. I had like a tank top and shorts on and um, maybe some like tennis shoes, white tennis shoes or something. And I came out of the bathroom dressed ready for the day. And Joe looks at me. He's like, oh, you look like a hot mom. And I was kind of repulsed by the compliment. I, I know that sounds so like, you know, Joe, Joe, didn't it? he was complimenting me. Right. And he was like, oh, you look like a hot mom. And there was something about this, like, why do I look like a hot mom? And why am I not just hot? Okay. And you know, that, that just something with that, like it struck me and nothing against Joe. I flattered. Thank you, babe, for calling me hot. Um, but I had to like, I had to have a moment of self-reflection and try to dissect why I was so put off by being called a hot mom. And so I have been sitting with this for a couple months. It's something that I've wanted to talk about for a while as I've spent more time with it and tried to understand on a deeper level why maybe it rubbed me the wrong way in that moment. And, you know, I think that for me, when being addressed as a mom, it was like the mom piece of it carried this idea of a certain look. And as a woman who is also a mom, I felt like, is there an expectation of what I'm supposed to look like, how I'm supposed to dress? When we say, oh, you're, you look like a mom, like what, what does that mean? Look like a mom. And I think that there is this stereotype around maybe how a mom should dress or what mom vibes are. And so it just, I've, I've spent some time with it. And, and two, I think it, it makes me feel or, or the thought process behind it was like, okay, if I, if I don't look like a mom, does that discredit me? as a mom, which is concerning, which is probably, you know, I, I like to analyze every little thing so much. Right. But this is like where my head was going. Like I was just going to all these places and I was like, why am I so, why is this impacting me so much? Like why, what does the mom look? It's 2024 now. What, what does a mom look like? How is a mom supposed to dress? And does the way the mom dress really dictate who she is as a mom? Uh, my answer is no. It's not, but I do want to just dive into this a little bit more. What I've been thinking about and thinking more about is this idea of a specific title and what that title means and from a stereotypical standpoint, but I didn't want to give any kind of vibes. I just wanted to give Sam vibes. And so, you know, I think that this got me thinking about being more than a mom and 
more than one title, more than a wife, more than a fitness instructor, more than a podcaster, more than a pageant queen, maybe one day, you know, Um, and this idea that we can have multiple titles and it's okay. But specifically, I want to speak to my fellow women and my fellow mamas out there. So yeah, this episode is dedicated to you. When we as women get pregnant and we have a child and we have a baby, there sometimes is this feeling that then we have to change who we are as a person. And I'm going to say that because that is how I have felt. And it is not how I live, but I certainly have felt and worried that because I am a mom, maybe I shouldn't do pageants because it's not about me anymore. Or maybe I shouldn't try to be attractive or put time and effort into what I look like because I'm I'm a mom now, you know, like what does it matter? Like who who cares, right? Like the, that my focus is is only my child. And my focus is very much my child, but I think as women it's okay as moms to continue to pour into yourself. Okay, that's what I'm getting at here is regardless of whether or not uh you're a mom, You never have to stop being who you are, truly to the core of your being. And when I look at myself, I am flamboyant. I am loud. I am sometimes a little bit more off the wall with some of my clothing choices. I absolutely love leopard print. I love neon clothes. I love doing my eyelashes. I love my bleach blonde hair. Like, These are all things that when somebody maybe says what a mom looks like, that's probably not the first thing that comes to their mind. But if you say that, who is Sam? What is Sam? That's probably what comes to your mind. And I think that this is just a reminder to my fellow moms that, you know, you can continue to shine in your own way, who you are as a person. You don't have to change your personality. You don't have to change your clothing type. Like if it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel sexy, if it makes you feel feminine, if it makes you feel anything that that is good, that you want to feel like permission to wear it and embrace it and enjoy it. It's important as as a mom to feel confident and to feel good about yourself because that gives us energy and and drive and joy to then show up as a good mom and to teach our children to embrace their own personality that we don't have to fall into a standard book or box. Uh, if you go back, you can check out a previous podcast episode with my friend Maddie. We we talk about don't put me in a box, and it's a very similar concept of this idea that when you hold a specific title or you put one word label on people that it limits who they are as a person and we're not we're not one dimensional right so there's a lot of different aspects to us and so being more than mom is this idea of being who you, you can be mom but you can also do podcasts that don't talk about mother stuff. Like maybe you're not talking about being a mom. It's a, it's a great concept. It's a great topic to talk about because it's very relatable. But maybe that's not what you're talking about. You can uh, be a mom and you can also be a fitness instructor. You can also do pageants. Part of this pageant journey has really been about rediscovering my feminine side, my sexy side, like feeling beautiful 
a lot of that I think we sometimes lose as moms. It's, it's just a fact, right? Because we are taking care of another human. Uh, we have a lot less time for ourselves. And then too, I think that sometimes there is this fear that if we start doing things for ourselves, or if we dress a certain way or we do a certain thing or we partake in, in a certain activity, that people are going to judge us. And I was talking to my mom about this because I was like, mom, I'm just afraid that there are people that I'm connected with on social media, whether it's Facebook, more Facebook than any of the other platforms, but you know, that are kind of from my past, whether it's high school or my neighbors or things like that, that are like probably judging me for the content that I create and the silliness that I produce. And my mom was like, so what? They're not your audience. They are not the people that you're targeting when you produce this content, when you put it out there. Like, why worry about it? And, you know, like moms are the greatest, right? Like even when giving you advice as a mom. So, you know, and I and I love that my mom shared that with me, that it's like, look, just do you. Like do you and whatever that feels good to you, however you want to dress, however you want to act, whatever you want to do with your hobbies and your interests and your activities. And, ju and just don't worry about the opinions of other people. I mean, it's easier said than done, but permission to be more than mom. That doesn't discredit your mom ability. It doesn't discredit how much you love your child. Um, it doesn't discredit all the great things that you do do for your family, but it's permission to do something for yourself as well, which is just so, so important. Now, let me say too, because I know they're out there for my moms and my fellow ladies, my fellow women who just love being mom, crush it at being mom. And you're like, that is my identity. And it is my world and I love it and I want to be a hot mom and I'm so good with just the mom title. Like, I think it's wonderful. Truly, truly, truly. So I don't want that to get twisted anyway. But if you're like me and you struggle a little bit more with identifying just as mom, um, because there are other, other things that, you know, you really want to do, which may be a little less traditional or uh, a less a stereotypical from a mother standpoint, I think it's fine too. And I want to, I'm telling myself while I tell you like permission to do these other things in your life that you, you can be more than mom and that's absolutely okay. Let's celebrate all the moms, all the women doing their thing, whatever that thing looks like. There is no one size fits all. There is no hot mom. I don't know what that looks like anymore. Whatever you identify yourself as, your titles, plural, titles, wife, mom, boss, CEO, crushing your career, dreamer, all the things. You can carry all these titles and still be mom because you can be more than mom. And I think that that is what is such a beautiful thing is that we don't have to carry just the mom title. Um, we're, we're beyond that. There's no one size fits all for that title. And at the end of the day, as long as you love your babies, and I know that you do like you're, you're killing it and continue to be you don't feel like you have to lose your identity when you become a mom. That that's it. That's what the message that I want to send is that 
you don't have to lose who you are just because you've become a mother. Your interests, your hobbies, they're still important. You can still do them. You can still embrace them. And so cheers to you, to the mamas everywhere. I see you. I feel you. I think you look great doing it. So keep doing it your way. It's the best way. Have a really great day, my friends. You deserve it. 